Hello and welcome to the J. Klin Cyclopedia Activity Treatment Adherence in Schizophrenia and Schizoaffective Disorder by Donald C. Goff, M.D., Michelle Hill, M.R.C. Psych, and Oliver Frudenreich, M.D. The authors are from the Schizophrenia Program at Massachusetts General Hospital and Harvard Medical School in Boston. This activity is part of the CME series, New Approaches to Managing Schizoaffective Disorder from Diagnosis to Treatment, and was supported by an educational grant from Janssen. As many as half of all U.S. patients don't take their medication as prescribed, which results in $100 billion of avoidable annual hospital costs. Kramer and Rosenheck found adherence with antipsychotics to be lower than with other medications, including non-psychiatric treatments and antidepressants. The true difference may be even greater because adherence with antipsychotics was estimated primarily by patient self-report and clinical judgment, both of which tend to overstate adherence. As the new federal health care reform focuses attention of policymakers on improved outcomes and the more efficient use of health care resources, enhancing medication adherence is a priority for clinical research and practice. An accurate measurement of adherence is central to understanding the magnitude of the problem, identifying contributing factors, and assessing effectiveness of interventions. Several methods of measuring and defining adherence exist, each with its own set of limitations. Be aware that the special interaction between patients and clinicians may promote an exaggeration of compliance, most likely a reflection of patients' fears of disappointing their physician. Therefore, patient self-report and clinician estimates of adherence increasingly are being supplemented by more direct measures, such as pharmacy prescription refill rates, pill counts, and electronic monitoring with MEMS caps. Adherence rates vary over time, and early studies of electronic monitoring in medical patients demonstrated the importance of using extended periods of measurement. For example, a long-term study of epilepsy patients found substantial improvement in adherence during the period before and after appointments with their doctors, but a decline about one month after the visit. This pattern suggests that a single measurement of medication blood level may be misleading, especially if the blood is drawn during a regularly scheduled doctor's appointment. For clinicians who don't have access to electronic monitoring, pharmacy data on prescription refill rates can provide a useful screen for identifying patients with adherence problems. However, clinicians generally need to obtain as much information as possible from various sources to assess an individual's adherence. In examining adherence patterns in schizophrenia and schizoaffective disorder, non-adherence is common and difficult for clinicians to detect. Further, adherence status is not as simple as the categories adherent and non-adherent suggest. The variability of an individual's level of adherence over time is often best captured by the term partial adherence. Using MEMS caps over a three-month period, one study found that 48% of patients with schizophrenia or schizoaffective disorder were non-adherent as defined by taking less than 70% of daily doses. Clinicians failed to identify any of the non-adherent patients. In a subsequent six-month study, MEMS caps showed a non-adherence rate of 57% compared with 5% reported by patients and 7% by prescribers. 
research assistants were more accurate, identifying 54% of participants as non-adherent. A similar study found that adherents calculated by pill counts were strongly correlated with electronic monitoring, whereas both patient self-report and clinician estimates of adherence were weakly correlated. Notably, clinician estimates correlated with patients' clinical status, suggesting that clinicians assume patients are compliant if they're doing well. Studies using pharmacy refill rates have produced results similar to those of electronic monitoring. Dolder and colleagues found that outpatients with schizophrenia or schizoaffective disorder treated with first-generation agents for one year were without medication an average of seven days a month compared with four days for second-generation agents. Subsequent studies have found similar rates of adherence, but have not detected any advantage with second-generation versus first-generation antipsychotics. The consequences of partial or full non-adherence include a range of poor clinical outcomes, including higher rates of emergency room visits, hospitalizations, and suicide. In response to undetected partial compliance that has lessened treatment response, Clinicians may attempt to improve response by increasing medication dosage, which can result in an excessive dose when the patient resumes full adherence. Clinicians may also incorrectly attribute a patient's relapse to a lack of efficacy of the current medication and switch antipsychotics or institute polypharmacy, whereas the more appropriate strategy would be to improve adherence and maintain monotherapy. This dilemma can often be resolved by supervised administration of rapidly dissolving formulations or depot injections that allow the clinician to ascertain adherence with certainty. In seeking factors that contribute to non-adherence, an extensive review of medical and psychiatric patients found that adherence was related to patient satisfaction with treatment, continuity of care, and insight regarding the need for treatment. Non-adherence was associated with chronicity of illness, complicated treatment regimens, medication side effects, and poor social functioning. Adherence in schizophrenia and schizoaffective disorder appears to reflect a similar constellation of factors, although the greater limitations in insight and psychosocial functioning may produce greater challenges. Increasing the complexity of medication schedules adversely affects adherence rates. Among 50 patients with schizophrenia and schizoaffective disorder monitored by MEMS CAPS for three months following discharge from the hospital, adherence rates were significantly higher for patients prescribed a once-daily dosage compared with a twice-daily or thrice-daily dosage. Patients' attitudes toward medication, which can be measured by the drug attitude inventory, consistently predict non-adherence and drug discontinuation. Frudenreich and colleagues found that positive attitudes towards antipsychotics did not differ between first- and second-generation agents, but did correlate with greater illness insight, the belief that medications lessen symptoms, and more awareness of social consequences of schizophrenia. Negative attitudes reflected more severe psychopathology, medication-induced side effects, and lack of insight. Paradoxically, patients with higher levels of functioning had more negative attitudes towards medication. 
Ideally, patients who achieve recovery will attribute their functional success to treatment, but as they re-enter society, they may be more likely to resent the need for medication and the stigma of continuing psychiatric treatment. Hence, close monitoring and support are critical during this period. In addition to poor insight, Day et al. found that perceived coercion was associated with a negative attitude toward treatment, highlighting the importance of autonomy. Concerning adverse effects, individual patients differ substantially in their vulnerabilities to specific drug side effects and the distress they experience. Antipsychotic side effects that have been associated with poor adherence include Parkinsonism, akathisia, sedation, weight gain, and sexual side effects. Several strategies are available to aid clinicians in improving patients' treatment adherence. A review of interventions in patients with schizophrenia noted that education alone was least effective, whereas successful interventions combined educational, behavioral, and affective strategies and emphasized the therapeutic alliance. For clinicians working with patients who have schizoaffective disorder, the therapeutic alliance is pivotal in helping patients accept and adhere to antipsychotic treatment. Medication selection should minimize side effects and maximize perceived benefit, and the medication regimen should be as simple as possible, ideally with once-a-day dosing. Using depot instead of oral antipsychotic formulations can help to improve adherence by providing clinicians with accurate information about missed doses, and the improved adherence with depot administration may reduce relapse. Patients with schizophrenia or schizoaffective disorder may derive a sense of well-being from medication, particularly if it helps alleviate insomnia, anxiety, or depression, in addition to providing antipsychotic effects. Conversely, considerable time and effort may be required to help patients recognize the delayed benefits of treatment, such as prevention of relapse or improvement in social and occupational functioning. Some patients may engage in multiple episodes of non-adherence that result in relapse before acquiring enough insight to acknowledge the benefits of medication. An even higher level of insight is required to link medication to the attainment of life goals. This is an appropriate focus for CBT, which has been shown to improve medication adherence in several controlled trials. Compliance therapy, a CBT approach, involves facilitating the patient's acknowledgement of illness, making analogies with medical illness treatment, exploring the patient's life goals, and emphasizing the role of medication in achieving those goals, encouraging the patient to express misgivings about medications, and guiding the process of weighing benefits against side effects. In one trial, four to six sessions of compliance therapy improved compliance and reduced relapse for patients with psychotic disorders, but a large multi-center trial failed to find greater benefit when comparing compliance therapy with health education. Shared decision-making has received growing support in all areas of medicine. The patient-centered approach emphasizes providing information about medications to the patient, understanding the patient's values and beliefs about medication, and involving the patient in the decision-making process. The dialogue between clinician and patient should be revisited regularly during the course of long-term treatment. 
directly observed therapy is widely used for patients with infectious disorders such as tuberculosis or HIV in which adherence to medication is crucial. Here, a trained healthcare worker delivers and verifies the medication, checks for side effects, watches the patient swallow the medication, and documents the visit. For psychotic patients who don't live in a supervised setting, directly observed therapy can be implemented by visiting nurses or outreach workers. Cognitive adaptation training is an intervention that uses environmental supports, such as signs, checklists, and alarms, to cue and sequence adaptive behaviors in the home. This was more effective in improving functional outcome than treatment, as usual, in schizophrenia. A new approach called Information Technology-Aided Relapse Prevention uses a cell phone-based telemonitoring system that allows clinicians to monitor adherence and early signs of relapse. In one study, weekly remote monitoring reduced hospitalizations by 60% compared with an historical control. An additional potential approach is the use of financial incentives, which have been used successfully to improve adherence in patients with substance abuse and other non-psychiatric disorders. Two small, uncontrolled trials of financial incentives have shown promise in patients with schizophrenia, but ethical concerns about this strategy must be addressed. In summary, poor adherence is common in schizophrenia and schizoaffective disorder and may vary considerably over time. In the event of incomplete adherence, clinicians' attempts to titrate medication dose may be counterproductive, and strategies to treat relapse may be misguided. Many factors contribute to non-adherence, including poor illness insight, a negative attitude toward medication, substance abuse, and disorganization. Clinicians need to understand the patient's assessment of medication benefits and disadvantages and work in collaboration with the patient to select medication that will provide a sense of well-being while minimizing side effects. Ultimately, the challenge is to help patients appreciate the long-term benefits of medication, including relapse prevention, improved functioning, and attainment of life goals. Thank you for listening to this presentation. To earn CME credit and to listen to additional presentations, go to cmeinstitute.com slash cyclopedia.